at times watching the film, at other times just kind of mingling around, um, and moments early on that come off as uh, intentionally comedic uh, start to get a different feeling later on in the film. When I was saying before that there's not a lot of dialogue in the film, um, almost none to be honest, um, the dialogue that is there it's all important because it gives new context to um, certain situations. Like I'm talking about with the gentleman who was wandering around the cinema, who was having trouble uh, 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 watching the film in very humorous moments. Um, and uh, there's a line about halfway through the film that starts to give a different context as to what's going on. And it's not a film that's necessarily one you can spoil because it's not about the plot. It's more about the overall um, haunting uh, vibe of the cinema. But I think it will give different context, especially if you know um, that if you know something going into the film. I don't, it may not change your overall opinion on the film, but I think it will give new light to certain um, situations in the film. Um, it's primarily those two characters that we follow around mostly. Um, the film has very long sequences of... Uh, the camera will stay fixated. Every shot in this film is centered. It's on a tripod the whole time, um, and it gives the film a fly-on-the-wall kind of quality. And I'm not familiar with the... I think this is the only film by Mingling uh, Sai that I've seen. Now, I've tried to watch... I don't know if I... I couldn't remember if I wasn't able to watch it or if I just didn't get around to watching it. He did the film The Hole from 1998, which actually I think somebody brought up recently to me. I, funny enough, kind of weird how that all comes together. But um, it's just a very meditative film. Uh, you really start to... Uh, lose yourself in the cinema itself, in the different situations. We follow another character who is an older man, and he's just he's very emotional watching the film, and we um, don't quite know why until the end of the film. Another instance where the dialogue is important and gives uh, recontextualization to what we've seen. Um, and it's interesting where uh, I never got a full sense of just how large the cinema was. Um, there is one great shot at the end, and that does sort of um, show the vacant uh, uh, auditorium, but uh, there are times in the film where it seems uh, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It seems like characters kind of go in and out, where we follow at times this young child who's watching the film and these two girls who are chewing loudly, and it feels like different showings it feels like they're not even all they're not all even in the same um screening which makes for a very interesting um way to view the film kind of like you're wandering in and out of these situations and and time seems kind of um unimportant um because if you're the kind of viewer who you're going to watch a film and and it's over you go i don't know what 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 was the point of that then you're not going to really get much out of the film you know um it's a film that you really have to stick with and you really have to surrender yourself to. And I think the best way to view this is in the cinema, of course, it gives very meta kind of quality to it, where you as an audience are watching this audience watch this film and really start to feel yourself get more and more invested into these, into this, this location. And I don't, I believe this was a real cinema that was demolished soon after. Um, but the look of it, man, is really cool. I have a real um, fixation on on cinemas themselves and different cinemas around the world. And this is like, this was such a cool looking place, man. Um, it's got these little machines in the lobby. There's uh, one great part where one of the characters uses um, uh, 
one of those machines that like it uh, you put like a coin in and it tells you your fortune or something like that, um, which was interesting. I never knew one that asked for your blood type. You know, I think I've seen one at like a mall or something like that. But um, it's just one of these things where it's totally just if, if you're like me and you love interiors of cinemas and you love like man, I just eat that stuff up, man. I don't, that could just be a me thing, but this film, uh, just, I would have loved to have been in the cinema. And there's just, there's a lot of great moments too that, um, feel almost otherworldly. There's a great part where the character, the guy in the green shirt starts to wander around in like one of the back rooms and there's other people there for some reason. And, and it's humorous because there's all this space and, um, but still it feels cramped and like he's in the way or something. And, um, uh, the way that sequence ends, um, uh, it, it starts to recontextualize some of the film and his character. And um, when it was over, man, there's also almost no, I don't believe there's any score in the film until the end. Uh, the song that plays that, the lyrics uh, weave back into the, the overall point of the film. But um, this was just one that I completely loved, man. This is, this is what it means, man. This is a totally... When when people say film is 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 a visual medium, you you can't you there's no way you could replicate this in any other form, man. There's nothing you could do that could replicate the power of this film in any other art form. And that's why film is the greatest art form. Um, just this film, watching, uh, just these long takes, man, of just these sequences go on for what feels like two three minutes at a time, and oftentimes sometimes there's not even a character on the screen. You're just wondering, you know. I've read some uh, stuff about the film. Some people say uh, how it connects to like early silent films and stuff, and I'm sure there's more you could uh, uh, read into that. I didn't I didn't look up any um, interviews with the filmmaker, and I didn't. Um, uh, I don't have any of, of his other work to uh, compare it to, but it's a very quiet film. It's one that um, you see it, you just, you really gotta just see it in the right environment. If you watch it at home, man, I can't stress enough. You gotta just like, you gotta just completely allow yourself to get into the film because anything, I mean, uh, uh, any sort of, there's, there's any sort of loud noise will just take you right out of it. And I think once you allow yourself to be put into the film, and and be transformed transfixed i should say into the sequences then you're there you're in for a really incredible film this was one of the best films i've seen this year and it's and it's uh one that i'm very interested to pick up the blu-ray now i'm curious if this will get a 4k um maybe from criterion or one of the companies here i noticed that a lot of times when you know uh i Whenever there's a 4K restoration, usually there's a Blu-ray of it at some point. I remember the, I think the Seventh Seal and In the Mood for Love both got 4K restorations, and both of those have European um, 4Ks out now. And the 4K of Inland Empire was just did a tour around, and I believe that is coming to 4K Blu-ray um, from Criterion soon. Um, I would, I mean. Whoever puts this out, man. I mean, this this film. I was. I'm gonna hold out for the 4K of it. Hopefully, one will come. And if not, I'll just import the. I don't know what company put out the that Blu-ray, or at least I don't know the name of the company. I think they're associated with Arrow because Arrow UK had a sale recently, and a lot of those titles from that label were on there. So I don't know if they're an affiliate or what, but they have. Um, gosh, that's gonna really bother me. What, the, what that company name is, man. They uh, they have a lot of great films under their belt, man. They just put out Coke to Vienna, and they have stuff like Loves of a Blonde, um, which is actually another film that needs a Blu-ray. Jeez Louise, man, I got that Criterion DVD. That's a really phenomenal Milo Schwarman film. But uh, Goodbye Dragon Inn, 
I mean, I thought it was a must-watch, man. It it won't be for everybody. You really have to put yourself into the film, and and you gotta just walk in knowing that you're you're gonna be a member of the cinema, the cinema in the film, man. You're gonna be the one, almost like a ghostly presence, watching over it, you know. And if you're gonna be sitting there waiting for some big plot turn or big plot revelation, uh, you're gonna be disappointed. Then this won't be the film for you. But if you're able to appreciate the quiet art and uh, quiet, comforting, uh, cozy in a way, um, parts of 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 cinema, then this is one that I think. Um, somebody smarter than me could probably put it better into words for the effect of this film, but this is truly a must-see and one of the best films that I've seen um, of recent memory and of this year. This is a film totally up my alley, and it kind of made me recontextualize. I've used that word quite a few times this episode. Uh, the uh, theatrical experience and why the theatrical experience, I think, is so important um, because uh, I think cinemas have gotten this kind of reputation, man, of... Um, a negative space of, you know, when you tell somebody about good theat- about uh, theatrical experiences, um, we tend to focus on the negative aspects and the negative experiences. And of course there are. I mean, I think we've all had our share of poor theater experiences that have deterred our enjoyment of the film or films. But the important ones, the good ones and the important ones, I think, overshadow those greatly um maybe not to everybody but for me it does undoubtedly i forgot to silence my phone i apologize there how unprofessional of me um because watching this film in a cinema and i should also say that earlier this week in a film that i i eh, probably should have talked about yeah that's all right maybe if i maybe we have time i'll get to it but i also went and saw another 4k restoration of uh pather or i'm sorry pather panchali which was a film that I had never seen before and was also a terrific film. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a Paragito next week and a Poor Sansar in two weeks as part of the Apu trilogy. Um, all new 4K restorations. And um, seeing these films in both the same week, Goodbye Dragon Inn and Panther, Pen- Panther Panchali, I apologize, um, it really kind of gave this communal sense of everybody in this theater allowing themselves to give into a film where you watch a film at home man and obviously that's how we we, all of us watch the majority of our films i don't uh unless you're somebody who only watches films theatrically if that's the case you're going to be missing out on some good films but it's not my place or my right to tell anybody how to live their life or do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting themselves or anybody else but i think seeing these films in a setting like that kind of um gives you a new perspective on the film even i think even more so than a drive-in because i i uh i have more of a fondness for a theatrical setting than i do at a drive-in whereas a theatrical setting when you get a good one it's the perfect experience man the screen the sound i mean i'm not saying that every time is going to be good but i think it will it allows me it allows me to be more forgiving on some films because i'm able to fully take in the experience more and i remember when during covid there was a lot of uh, talk of a lot of big films going directly to streaming there was that whole warner brothers deal where they were putting their films on hbo max um same day as theatrically and it, it was a bit troubling, man, because when you, when you have films and when you have filmmakers where their films are meant to be seen theatrically and they're seen on 
uh, even like even a really good TV. I don't think even the best home theater setup will ever top a theatrical setup. I'm sorry. I just there's nothing that even comes remotely close. And it's fine. I mean, obviously you can't ha- you can't. I mean, unless you own a cinema, you can show whatever you want. Hey man, you do you. But when Dune came out. That was one that I remember hearing people say, "Oh, I'll just watch on HBO," and uh, I just thought, "Man, you just you just aren't even appreciating the craft of this film. You're you're really not. I mean, unless it's a thing where you uh, were sick and you couldn't physically make it to the cinema, but if you had the option to go to the cinema and you decided to watch it at home, man, I just I just don't think you appreciate the artistry, man. I, I really don't think you do. I mean, I'm when." Uh, when uh, and, and the thing is, when, when Dune came out, man, that was later in the year. So it's not even a, a, an issue of the cinema might not be open. Like, I understand if the cinema still wasn't open, which at that point seems kind of strange. I don't know why it wouldn't be. But, uh, sorry, I'm going to have a drink really quick. Hold on. But uh, when it was in the middle of the pandemic, when cinemas were starting to open back up, I, I, I was still making a point to go to the cinema. There was only one cinema open. It was a locally owned one about an hour away. And I drove each time to go there. So I was driving an hour there and back. Um, and I saw many of films there, new and old films. The first film I actually saw back in the cinema was Casablanca, which was just such a beautiful experience being in a cinema again for the first time in some time. And I also saw new films that were getting released, Unhinged, um, Tenet, I actually saw twice, um, and actually, Tenet's a good example, too, of just a film that was made to be seen theatrically. And um, I don't know. I just I look at the experiences of going to the cinema. And, yeah, you're going to have a lot of bad ones. Sure, you get enough people in an environment together, and you're going to... It's going to be more difficult to, um, to get... Uh, an ideal experience but I just think back to this week seeing Goodbye Dragon Inn Panther Pank Trolley and how much the audience was into these films without it being like a big like even a lot of jokes in, in, in Panther Pank Trolley that maybe I wouldn't have um, uh, uh, reacted to at home because people are more willing to react in a public environment it kind of puts things into perspective of just people these strangers coming together for this communal religious experience of watching the film. And, you know, you're going out of your way to a cinema, you're spending your time, your money, uh, your effort to leave your house. Um, and I think you're going to be more invested in a film like this. So, um, I think a documentary that really kind of changed my perspective, uh, on theatrical experiences was, uh, one that I'm blanking the name of right now. It's, I think it was called 42nd Street Memories, and it was um, a theatric. And I'm sorry, it was a feature length um, documentary uh, about 42nd Street, and uh, primarily about a lot of the theaters, the films, um, like a lot of the peep shows, the sex shows that were going on. Places like Show World that had a lot of pornographic. They had like a lot of models and porn actresses there and stuff, and a lot of the films there. And and that was a documentary that really changed my opinion on the theatrical experience because there was a point, man, where I was very picky about going to the theater where um, I hated noise at all. I hated people reacting to a film. I hated any kind of uh, uh, wrapping of of crackling of like rappers and stuff and eating and I, I never got popcorn at the cinema in fact I still don't get popcorn but I'm just saying I was it was these little things that I just could not I didn't have the focus or the or the um 
or the strength to separate myself and get into the film. And uh, more times than not, it gave me a bad experience. But watching this documentary, the stories that are told about the uh, wild experiences going to see these films, I mean, you go and just the the craziness of some of these showings and, and just the strange people you'd see in the auditoriums and the deals that are going down and people hiding out or people having sex or just these 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 just i mean you're gonna you're gonna go to these one of these uh one of these 40 second street theaters i mean that doesn't matter if you're going to see you know a martial arts film or a, or a boonwell film man you're gonna get the same kind of audience you know you're gonna get some pretty wild characters in there and it kind of made me think about you know what man if i can separate my if, if these people can go to the cinema amongst all this wildness and go see these films then i think i can too and um and it took some time, but I've reached, I've successfully reached that point where I am fully able to not be distracted um, while I am in a film. I mean, obviously, I don't talk during a film, and I, and if, if I, whenever I go to the cinema to see a film with anybody, I, I make a point to let them know without being rude. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tolerate any talking, man. I don't, and I'm, and I've. Uh, and people who I've been to the cinema with who do talk, I don't go to movies with anymore. I just actually I draw my line. You can, you can say that's me being, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe stuck up in a way. But when I'm at the cinema, man, I'm not there to have a conversation. I'm there to watch the film, and that's it. I don't care what kind of film we're seeing, man. I have a no talking, uh, low tolerance for that. But with if other people, if I hear whispers and stuff there and that or whatever, you know, if it ever gets really bad, man, I just move my seat. That's all it is, man. I don't make a big deal out of it. There's been a couple times where some people were whispering or flat out talking, and I just move my seat to a different spot and. That's it, man. It can be a bit more difficult if it's a very packed theater. That's maybe one thing. and uh, uh, Maybe you try to find any spot you can. But especially going to the cinema by yourself, it's very easy to just find a spot, man. I I uh, always sit towards the front because I'm away from an audience and, and I'm less inclined to um, hear noises like that. But I just i am able to, to watch these films in a theater, man. And especially watching them with an audience kind of gives you new perspective and light on it this this everybody is there in the theater to enjoy a film and um i think recently i saw a film in 1981 called thrilling bloody sword which is a very wild martial arts film that i'd never seen before uh one that i never knew anybody would seen before and it was such a it was one of the best experiences i had in the cinema because it's a, it was a wild martial arts film but people were getting into it at the right times, you know? When there's moments that were a bit humorous, the audience was really reacting, or if there's moments that were questionable and you go, what is going on, man? Um, it made it, made it that much better where you, I don't think you could get that experience at home. And I think it's the thing, man, of just, the theatrical experience, you can look at it at the negatives, but the positives, man, the almost religious type experience of watching a film in a cinema, I don't think there's anything like it, man. Actually, today I'm going to see uh, the new film Memoria from the director of uh, films like Uncle Boomy, and whose name I cannot pronounce. I've tried to pronounce it. I'm not even... Aka Apa something, man. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But that's a film that's only being shown theatrically, which, I mean, they say will never be released to, on VOD or at home, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see about that. I, I don't truly believe that will be the case, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But that's a film that the director has said he can't imagine people watching at home, and, and I wholeheartedly respect that. You know, it's sort of like... Um, when the pandemic was happening and Christopher Nolan was really adamant about people seeing Tenant in a cinema, um, I remember people were kind of 
I don't know, man. Some of the people are kind of making fun of him for seeing it in the theater, and I kind of have to wonder if they even like film at all because, you know, Nolan's a guy who I just, I love his films, man, and I'm, I'm no fanboy or anything like that, but he's a filmmaker who I see somebody who's, who has these budgets and wants to, uh, who is very ambitious with his work and wants to, you know, even if I don't, like, you know, love all of his films, I, I respect the originality and I respect the risk-taking. So when I see people going like, oh, I watched, uh, just despite Nolan, I watched Tenet on, you know, on my phone or something like that. It's like, these people don't even like film. They may think they do, but they don't because they, I mean, here's somebody who, here's an artist, man, who wants to use film the best medium as he can. And if these people kind of gawk at that and, and laugh at it, it's just like, man, I, I don't even think you like movies, you know, or at least maybe you think you do. I mean, I'm not saying that if you, if you don't agree with Nolan, you don't like movies, that's a ridiculous thing to say. And obviously I don't know you, I don't know everybody's circumstances, but people who are quick to laugh at that as I just thought, man, I don't, I kind of question if you even like some of these movies, man. And that's regardless if you even like the film or not. I don't really care about that. Whether you like the film or not is besides the point. But somebody like Nolan who uh, wants to take these kind of risks and use the theatrical setting as a something more, um, who wants to use IMAX as something more, um, which unfortunately uh, the IMAX closest to me has, has closed down since the pandemic. So I had to travel um, which created, what was great about this IMAX was that it was a it was an IMAX of its own. It was connected to a restaurant, uh, weirdly enough, but it was actually a uh, building meant to be just an IMAX. Whereas when I originally saw Tenet, I had to travel about an hour out of the way to a uh, IMAX that was connected to a cinema. So it wasn't a true IMAX experience, but it was very close. And that's when I saw it again at the local cinema that was about an hour away. And um, that's a film that I also have since watched on 4K at home. And, and it was great in all three mediums, but untouchable. Um, in a, I'm a, in a uh, theatrical setting, but um, I just wanted to spend this time kind of talking about why uh, why it's important, man. I mean, it's I know we're at a point now where every film is available at your fingertips and, and all that. Nice, great, but I think the theatrical experience is so important, and there's a line at kind of bringing this episode full circle. There's a line at the end of Goodbye, Dragon, and that sums up the whole film, and I think can sum up the entire experience of why it's important to support the cinemas and support especially locally owned cinemas man because a lot of those make their money off concessions or off memberships um and less so about licensing the films and i think it's just so important man i i i never want to live in a world where cinemas aren't available or aren't around um because there's that discussion of when theatrical films were coming to hbo and stuff i tell you every i mean i have hbo max but Every film I wanted to see that, except for one, which was at the beginning, which I, I do regret that I didn't go see at the cinema. It was the it, it was just the um, a film that uh, I don't even know why I didn't go see at the cinema. I felt, but that was the only one. It was at the beginning, but um, but the rest of them, if it was even if it was on HBO, I went to the cinema to go see it, man, because it is important. And I think it, it you know, the discussion of will cinemas be around when these films get on HBO or get available on streaming, like. Um, in fact, I just saw the new Firestarter last night, and I see an ad today that's available on Peacock. And you know, I don't have Peacock, and I wouldn't sign up for a membership, or I wouldn't get a free trial just to watch it either, man. Even though it's a film that I wasn't particularly a fan of, I'm glad I went to the cinema to see it because um, it wouldn't be the same at home. I'm sorry, man. And I know it's 
I know it's not easy for everybody to make it out to the cinema, man. It's, people have different circumstances, have families, money can be tight, and I understand that, man. And I'm and I don't want to fault anybody for watching something at home. I'm saying more so if you have the option to, if you have the, if you're somebody who can't get out of the house and you see that a new film is available for streaming, like a new theatrical film, then yeah, man, go for it. Like I said, it's not my place to tell anybody to live their life or do what they want to do as long as not hurting yourself or anybody else. I mean, you're put on this earth to do what you want, and whether I agree or disagree with that, you do you, man. That's what life's all about i'm talking more so people who are um like who who have the ability and option but but choose not to um to watch at home and watch a film like uh like tenant or dune at home i just can't even imagine that it's almost like a disservice to the filmmaking and the craft of, of filmmaking as well like it's i find it very gross but um that's just me i'm just me you know i, I can only speak for myself and i'm only going to speak for myself i will always go to the cinema and i the point I was getting at is the discussion of whether or not cinemas will be around. Um, whatever, whatever happens, man, I will always, always support the cinema, no matter how many poor experiences I have, or the, the good ones vastly outweigh the bad ones. And the experiences that I get watching a film like *Goodbye Dragon Inn* or *Pather Panchali* or or *Thrilling Bloody Sword* or these films—I know these are all older films—but I'm just saying that communal experience I think is untouchable. Um, uh, at home, and um, actually, like, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like this, I should have talked about another film, but I just wanted to kind of talk about what's been on my mind in terms of theaters lately after seeing Goodbye Dragon, and, um, and you may totally disagree with me, man, you may think that I'm totally full of crap, and that's totally okay, man, you know, I don't, I'm no authority, I'm only speaking for myself, and I apologize if I um, made kind of bold statements about whether or not people you know, I, I, whatever, man, I just, I'm a dummy. I, I just kind of talk my ass off, but, uh, or talk out of my ass, I should say. I'm just, I'm just me, man. I'm only going to speak for myself. Um, uh, but anyways, man, that's all I got this week. Um, I got two minutes left to kill, but we're going to cut it a little bit early. Um, so anyways, man, I hope you guys are all doing good this week. It's a beautiful day out here and I hope you take full advantage of it, whether you're doing, uh, you know, reading, writing, or watching, which is what I'll be doing, or, or you're meeting up and seeing people and hopefully having, um, productive encounters and and are not wasting the day away or if you want to waste the day away that's totally okay too man and do what you want to do in your life and enjoy your life because you only got one of them man unless you're a cat then you got a couple more but anyways man bad joke i hope you guys will join me next week for some more discussion on cinema i hope you are all doing well and i'm looking forward to hearing from any of you and uh looking forward to you coming back for another episode that's all i got goodbye everybody